As a rule, I am not fond of long, flowery introductions, but this morning I feel compelled to make an exception. Ladies and gentlemen, traumatized freshmen, well-adjusted middle-classmen, seniors without a clue of what will happen after April 29th, it is a pleasure for me to present to you two individuals that crash-landed just this morning at Gas City International Airport. Two men, snakeskin displaying, slideshow presenting, drum beating, potluck eating missionaries from Iwunia. Please welcome them. Missionary Russ and I really want to thank you and Pastor Gary for allowing us to come here today. It has been wonderful to be with you. We've made some really good friends. And in fact, we really, there are two individuals especially we really appreciate. Mm -hmm. They've been our hosts, um, Jason Crossman and Nathan Kingsbury. Are they here? Stand up. Yeah, I want you to applaud. I mean, they've been just doing such a wonderful job. In fact, they've been teaching us a new game. And the game is Digging for Gold. And this guy here, he's been practicing it so much that every day he wants to play digging for gold. We also want to thank the Women's Missionary Society here, who've been tirelessly putting together supplies for us to take back to Iwunia. Rolled bandages, old clothes, used tea bags. We know the natives on the compound will be enjoying these things shortly. But not to forget the men. Thank you, gentlemen, for signing up for the short-term mission to come help us build the outhouses back on our camp- compound. But enough about you. We're here to talk about us and our ministry to Iwunya. Now, you may have noticed we're wearing some different and weird clothing. These are special ceremonial costumes from Iwunya. <laughs> While actual war has diminished in this area, there are still very pageant-filled ceremonial battles that take place between neighboring villages and these are some of the special costumes they wear during those battles well thanks to our friend Matt and his wonderful photography we're able to show you a slide show today let's look at some of the rare and amazing images from Iwunia Iwunia is a small village nestled in a province called Marion, which is located in the region called Hoosier. <laughs> it is primarily an agricultural area with miles and miles of flat land, farms and mealy meals. Um, next slide, Matt. Here you see Russ and me landing in Marion in our little Cessna 210 on a Marion field strip which has been cleared out of a swath of pasture. Next. Here we have uh, Matt. There you go. No, Matt, come on. There you go. Now we're cooking. Here is the entrance to the province of Marion. Next. This slide is a clear shot of what the natives call the town square. If you look real close, you can notice how primitive and run down the buildings are. Since the people are not very advanced, their buildings tend to be very plain looking and square in shape. But some of the buildings are kind of tall, 
showing the resourcefulness of the indigenous people. Maybe someday they will become as advanced as we are. Next. Here, we're riding in one of the native vehicles and heading towards the actual village of Iwunia. Now let me tell you something. Their vehicles were not as nice as the kinds of vehicles you and I drive. They were small, dirty, and smelly. Next. Ta-da! The entrance to the village. We could hardly contain our excitement at the prospects of seeing for the first time the place we would call home. Later we would discover that on occasion a group of villagers would climb all over this monument and then take pictures to send to prospective villagers all over the nation. Here you see where the tribal leaders and the chief would meet and make decisions about the future of the village. You may notice that the trees in Iwunia have no leaves. For much of the year, the plants die and the leaves fall off of the trees. And then, strangely, they burst back on the trees in the month of April, just in time for a special ceremony that they call, in their native language, graduation. Now, in this image... <coughs> in this image, we see one of the buildings where the villagers gather for social events and their ritual meals. Twice a year, the villagers come to pay tribute to the chief and the elders. In their language, they call this tuition. In this building, there is one particular prince that rules this part of the village and determines many of the customs and entertainment for the village. After a few short months, missionary Russ and I began to win the trust of some of the natives. In fact, they trusted us so much that they even allowed us to come into one of their huts. This slide, next slide, this next slide makes me really very, very sad. Here is one of the natives in her hut. Notice the primitive living arrangements. Most of the villagers we minister to at Iwunia are destitute and they live in unsanitary conditions. <laughs> I mean, look at this poor Iwunian. He is wearing a cap. And do you know why? Because there was no heat in his hut. We need you to prayerfully consider how much money you will donate today to missions because every dollar you give will be used to help some poor, cold, sad, and lonely Iwunian. Next. Here you see some of the villagers eating. They all sit in certain areas of their giant banquet hall. Each villager has a special tray to carry their different foods and utensils. Now again, if you look closely at this slide, you will notice how primitive they are. These natives seemed really rude to me at first. They didn't seem to know anything about proper etiquette. They eat with their hands. They place their elbows on a table. They don't remove their traditional head dressing. And they eat with their mouths full. I mean, they talk with their mouths full. Next. This next slide, it shows you where they get their food. These are their communal food buckets. The villagers dip their food out in these buckets. Very unsanitary. And because of this, and because of this, there is always the danger of people getting typhoid and cholera. <laughs> the villagers will eat anything that is placed between two slabs of bread. Here, Missionary Russ is pointing to some of the other kinds of food that they eat. Next. Here are some other bizarre and colorful foods that the natives like to put on bread. I felt so sorry for them. 
Their food seems so gross and unappetizing. Not like the food you and I like to eat. Next. A lot of the natives who Russ and I met ate a mash of different fruits and pastries. Oftentimes, my stomach would get queasy as I watched them eating. I mean, look at the color of this food that they're eating. It reminded me of the blood offering I saw people eating in in another country. (laughs) Next. Another strange custom that these villagers have is that they never eat all of their food. And when they're done eating, they take their leftover food and their ceremonial trays and they put them on a machine that takes them away. I thought to myself, this is, very, this is a very wasteful tribe. And Russ and I plan to teach them how to not be so wasteful when we return to minister to them. We want to teach them how to do things the right way. Besides their interesting dietary habits, many of the villagers have a custom of putting on short pants and playing games. Some of the women in the tribe in this slide are playing an ancient game where they run up and down on wood and throw a ball made of leather. In this picture you can see many elaborate contraptions have been developed by these crafty and resourceful people to help the natives sweat. Here you see two of the male members of the village using some string paddles to beat a ball against a wall. One of the most intriguing of the sweating rituals is this one. Villagers, usually men, gather in this room and stand around and watch each other pick up heavy objects. The the whole room is full of these objects. And these men wander around, pick them up, put them down, pick them up, put them down, and set them back in their holders. The Iwunians love to dig and build. Here is an example of one of their mud piles. Notice the symmetry and the depth of this particular mud pile. Many of these mud piles and building projects are carried on by a particular traveling clan. These primitive boxes are where the diggers and builders in this clan stay. As we increasingly gained the trust of the natives, we were able to interact with them. We became their buddies. Next. We were even welcomed into some of their ball and stick games, which some of them played for hours upon hours upon hours each day. Next. And some of the natives even let us play with their glass boxes, where they acted out war rituals in complex dramas called Doom and Mist. (laughs) Russ and I planned, and I had a plan when we saw people playing this game. He would talk to them about how Christians should not play such evil games. And I would pray that God would convict their hearts to stop playing and become Christians. We brought some examples of this culture with us today. You'll see this particular type of headdress many times worn across the village of Iwunia. You'll note it has the letters AF and 92. This seems to be one of the most popular inscriptions on their regular tribal village wear. If you can read ancient dialect, you can see where it says Abercrombie and Fitch. We've yet to discover what this means, but it is very popular. (laughs) An example of one of the tribal ritual trays they carry their foods and utensils on. We're not sure why they use these either, but we've brought one to show you. For those villagers which have 
pooled together many of the resources they trade sometimes for transportation. They must have one of these to go anywhere in the village. If they do not have one of these, they get one of these. <laughs> the Iwunians love little plastic gadgets. Here is one little square plastic piece that they carry all around with them. Here is another they bring to their uh, religious ceremonies where it is pierced every time they come in. Many hours in the village are spent with these. You can come up and look and touch this after the service if you would like. During the end of the particular seasons in the village, a lot of time is spent with these objects. Sometimes fights ensue over who gets to use the object. We're still studying this further. Most of the time, you can see these in the village huts. They use these for their... Matter of fact, you can hear some of their ritual music right now. These are used for that. And everywhere, ceremonial cups are carried for special drinks from the Iwunian village. These are just a few of the examples of some of the artifacts from Iwunia. Hey, Matt. Finally, after many months, Russ and I were able to teach the natives about God. It wasn't easy at first. When I taught, they would always surround me. They liked their bodies being close to each other. I mean, it was a sacrifice because they smelled. <laughs> but even though it was hard at first to teach them to sit down and listen, I was eventually able to tell them about Jesus Christ in the Bible and how they could join the church. Next. The highlight of our missionary work at Iwunia was the day Russ and I were able to go to the big village chief and tell him about God. <laughs> Russ and I felt so sorry for him. As the chief, he had to live apart from the rest of the villagers. <laughs> it took Russ and I many hours to hike from where the Iwunian villagers lived to where he lived. Next. When we finally got to the big chief's door, I said to Russ, before we knock on a door, we need to do two things. First, we must comb our hair. We were told that before any villager was allowed to speak to the big chief, he had to have every hair in place. <laughs> Second, I told Russ that we needed to ask God to help us win this hard-hearted man to Jesus. Russ and I were really scared. We had heard many stories about the big chief. We did not want to be thrown into the moat in front of his house, <laughs> where we were told there were man-eating alligators. Next, God really helped Russ and me. We were able to tell the big chief about Jesus Christ, and we were even able to give the chief a Bible and other Christian literature. This was a huge turning point in our ministry in Iwunia. At first, a few students made commitments to Christ, and then more, and then a church formed. And hundreds of villagers came to the church and made commitments. They even used some of their indigenous instruments 
to worship God. Your own Pastor Gary came and shared with the villagers on his short-term mission trip last summer. And today, thousands have come to know Christ since we first began our work there. And we even began to minister in areas beyond Iwunia. We have been reaching out into the Marian province. We have been building new churches for the natives and developing other kinds of ministry where they can come and play games. We are even helping with the material needs of the Marian provincial people. Russ and I really want to thank you for all the second-hand clothing you have been sending us. The natives love them. And though our work among the Iwunian villagers has been exhausting, we are still launching out from Iwunia into the jungles beyond. to bring Jesus Christ to the whole world. It's kind of silly, isn't it? To think we need missionaries in Iwunia. We don't need missionaries to come here and lead people to Christ. We don't need missionaries to come here and show us how to love our neighbor as ourselves. We don't need missionaries to come show us how to serve other people, reach our neighbors. We don't need missionaries to come help us reach our own Jerusalem, do we? My question is this, who are you reaching in Jerusalem? Who are you helping that lives next door? Is there somebody right next to you who has decided that they really don't care about this stuff called Christianity? Is there someone in your dorm who is tossing their education away? Do you know someone who has decided that they no longer want to be a part of the body of Christ in worship? Is there someone right next to you who has become more interested in their material possessions than their relationship with God? How many of us have passed a person silently eating alone in a cafeteria? In fact, Mother Teresa stated that the greatest poverty is loneliness. Or watched a friend put their soul at risk with an immoral relationship. Or with an addiction. Or with lying. How many of us are empathizing with a hurting person next to us who may be wondering whether life is worth living or not? Who are you reaching who lives right next door to you? And about the rest of Jerusalem, who are you reaching who lives across the street? Is there someone across the street that you might be able to love? Is there a little child you can become a big brother or a big sister to? Is there a struggling church nearby where you can get involved in ministry? Is there someone in a neighborhood who needs your help? Is there someone you can befriend showing God's love to them? Is there someone you can show God's grace to? Is there an older person who you can minister to by visiting them and listening to their stories? Is there a school you can visit where you can lend a helping hand by being a volunteer, assistant coach, or by doing afternoon tutoring? Is there someone you can love and help in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Now you might be asking yourself, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Now you know we're not telling you to not go around the world loving people and serving people for Christ. But what makes us think that if we won't reach people and make disciples of all the nations here, that we'll reach people and make disciples of all the nations there? Which neighbor will you reach in your Jerusalem? Jerusalem? 